Welcome to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly. And Ed's like, oh yeah, hey, huge fan. Here's my Instagram handle. And like I went to our DMs and he DM me and I didn't even respond. Oh my gosh, I didn't so see it. It's the most embarrassing thing ever. And Liz. Kelly is such a big fan of Motor Trend. Um, you talk about them in the same capacity that you talk about Naptime Kitchen, which I think says a lot. Your mom time off starts now. Welcome back to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly and Liz. And happy Happy December. Happy December. I don't think we've said that yet. I cannot believe it's December. I can't believe Fred's going to be one next month. I That's know disgusting. What? He was just born. No, he was. And I know everyone like, says that. But like, you know, he was just born. This year He's flew. not a one-year-old. And I kind of think like not to not like this. This I'm not trying to say this as sassy, but I, I kind of blame James because like Fred was only the baby for five months. And then Fred's <laughs> a toddler and then it was James. I know. I know. It's so true. And then like. It was always like Fred's so big, Fred's so big, and James is so small. And it's just like, I'm ready for them to be the same size because I feel like that will help time slow down a little bit. I think there's something too for me where it's like every single little teeny tiny milestone that James has, I like send it in the family group chat. I call mom, I call you, I tell everyone about the littlest tiny little thing because he's my first. I totally And everything agree. is such a big deal. And like, sorry, Fred, when you listen, if you ever listen to this eventually, it's just like you're the third and like we're just not really celebrating those milestones like maybe we did with George and now James, at least on my on my end. I know that's so true. Eh, gives him grit. He's fine. Um, as as we know, as being the oldest, uh, the younger siblings have it way easier in a ton of ways. So yeah. be, it all evens itself out. 100%. But anyway, Liz, how are you? Oh, I am. I am good. I am just like, I cannot believe. I know I just said I can't believe it's December, but Maddie and I are going out of town yeah, no, next week. Um, And then I come back and then it feels like we have three days and then like daycare is closed and the Christmas season has officially begun. So I am like trying to get all my Christmas shopping done. We keep throwing, you know, people are like, oh, and we'll do a gift for this and we'll do a white elephant. And we'll do this. And I'm like, I have to know right now. Yeah. I'm not buying like I'm buying all my gifts this week. I'm wrapping. Most of them are wrapped um, because I just want to I want to be done with it. You know, and I'm like, honestly, like looking back, I'm like, I'm a little mad at myself for my Black Friday performance because I I wish I should have had my life more a little bit more together. Yeah. And I tried so hard. And it was like, oh, yeah, I need a gift for this person. Oh, now it's not on sale. Great. Great. You know what? Great. You know what I think we need to do is we pull Secret Santa for our siblings on Thanksgiving. I need it earlier than Thanksgiving. Totally. Because I need to think about what I'm getting this person. I can't make the decision in 24 hours. No, I know. You have to have a list. You have to have everything figured out. Luckily, I do feel like sales kind of extend throughout December. But yeah, I mean... I think not black. the things not the things i wanted like yeah. i wanted to buy what well, i don't want to say because it's like christmasy stuff but anyway um we are both making i'm kitchen creamy chicken enchiladas in our crock pots no, mine's currently cooking and you i'm like smell it starving for it like i'm so excited and i'm definitely gonna make one i de- i think i'll definitely have enough for the freezer at least like a half order in the freezer i feel like you always end up having enough for the freezer well and if not i'll just gonna add another can of black beans and i'm just gonna you know give it a little bit more substance yeah and we're just gonna do that so we're making that for freezer for lunch for us after we record this podcast i have the famous carpool um yeah chicken salad that Brittany wrote into that yeah, i'm making we're gonna do that and we're gonna uh give away a crap ton of car seats yeah so that's what we've got today yeah if you're not um, following me on instagram um i was sharing 
I don't know. It just like, it, honestly, like God just put it on my heart. Like it was just like this. And he's mm-hmm. like, hey, what if you gave away some car seats this year? And I was like, sure. What if we did? So Liz and I set out to donate as many car seats as possible to families in need. And I was like, where are the manufacturers? Where are the car seat brands? So where? I s- started tagging and trolling them, which, you know, I, I, I do t- from time to time. They, they need it. Yeah. You know what? They need it. They need to stay humble. And we've had some really generous, really generous submissions and it just feel i mean the a car seat is to be honest with you just like the most buzzkill thing to buy yeah it's so expensive it's so expensive it's so expensive and it's i mean i get it it's just not fun like there's nothing fun about it like you have to use it it's like it's it just sucks yeah i mean you it you have to buy it it's inevitable um but it, it's a it's a big purchase but I mean, there's no way around it. And for some families, as we're as we're reading through who's writing in, it's like, I know I have to get one that's between this or Christmas presents. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to yeah. save up for this, but like, I can't afford it. And it's like, it's it's heartbreaking and it's terrible. And so we are just trying to take one thing off of someone's plate this crazy consumerism season and send them a car seat so so far we've gotten um even flow to join the cause and gray coat so huge shout out to and them. mockingbird and mockingbird so hopefully more um more manu- car manufacturers more car seat companies will, like get behind and offer to send some um but yeah the stories it's i i thought the stories would be like harder to read or like you know i, I just sometimes it's hard to read like sad situation after sad situation and when we were donating a lot like personally like from the car mom i kind of had the realization that when you read these stories and it's like okay yes i'll send you a car seat when i do it i don't feel 250 dollars poorer i feel so much mm-hmm. richer yeah. because of like i'm I, not even richer is not the right word i feel so grateful yeah and blessed for what i have and mm-hmm. i just think there is, i mean of course like everyone knows it, it feels good to do good like that's yeah. that's just the case and I just think you guys are, I mean, the people who we've given car seats to, like, I just think you are incredible mothers. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, there's so much more that I just wish I could do. But I think, uh, you know, because Kelly and I were going through reading DMs and emails um, and, it, you know, I'm just like, gosh, listen to this situation. We're, we're talking about what people are going through. And I'm like, how do we keep ending up in situations where we are like reading these horrible stories with like Blake's besties and just like feeling so much pain and so much heaviness for people? And I, it's not that I don't want to do that because I do want to do that. And I do think that we have the capacity to do it. Um, the, what I love about this and it's different from Blake's besties is that I feel like we can do something. Right. 100%. Blake's besties, while we were sharing their stories, there was something that was so defeating about yep. it. Um, and it's like, was really hard to come back from this. This is like, this is a sad story. I-, I am so sorry for you. I'm so sorry for what you're going through. At least I can in some way, even though it's something maybe so tiny in what you're going through, help you in one way. Yeah. And so I'm just really thankful for that. I totally agree. It feels so good to have some actionable items. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. So we're really enjoying it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I wish I wish we could do more, but I'm also... I feel I feel very good about what we've done and I appreciate the support of the community and just Mm -hmm. it just feels I mean this holiday season just feels if it feels it's just heavy for some people and I think it's just a good reminder like and it's been like this since we were since for for, for forever like 
the holidays are just they're so wonderful and they're also so financially stressful for Mm -hmm. a lot of people and i think especially this feels good because we've talked so much about how like these cars are so unaffordable and how i feel like there's nothing i can do like Mm -hmm. i can't make i can't make like a nissan pathfinder 30 grand like they're just they're 50 like and i don't i hate that i can't lower interest rates i can't help these families in these situations i can buy a car seat yeah and some of the situations have been like i'm having my third kid i can't afford a new car and i'm like okay well this car seat's gonna do, like this car seat's gonna check that box yeah and this is gonna make that car work and that feels just that feels helpful yeah and that's all i, I mean we, we started the car people. mom to feel helpful and yeah. lately i've been feeling unhelpful yeah because like, there's a lot of defeating situations how do you talk about a toyota sequoia that has an msrp of 80 grand like it just feels yeah it feels out of touch anyway um that is what we are doing this holiday season. So we're having, you know, a fun time with it. And we're hoping that it's it's going to bless a lot of people. Kel, what do we have oh, on today's I mean, episode? No, today's episode is crazy. We have another interview. Yeah. And it's iconic. Yeah. Who is it? Well, I mean, like, it's up there with Naptime Kitchen as, in terms of, like, people I really look up to. And it's Motor Trend. It's Ed Lowe. He's the head of editorial of Motor Trend. And he actually, like, has listened to the Carl podcast before. And he's like, yeah, you know, we know you've been on our radar for a while. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, hopefully not too closely. Because do you guys know I can't spell? Because you're not, please, like, I don't think I'm going to get asked to, no, <laughs> to be a guest writer anytime No, no, soon. certainly not. Maybe, a go- yeah, certainly not. Maybe, um... You're more on video. They do a lot of social. No, they do. Yeah, Kelly doing. is such a big fan of Motor Trend. Um, you talk about them in the same capacity that you talk about Naptime Kitchen, which I think says a lot. Yeah, I know. Like not on the podcast, but like in your personal life, everything that you are always just trying to not always, but you you see their business model and you think about how you can make the car mom of similar well right because i've always said like you know when we when i started the car mom from day one i said i don't want to be a parent and influencer and i don't want to be and it, I, I don't just want to be myself i want to build a brand yeah and so that's what motor trend is. and that's what motor trend is like and don't get me wrong like i'm loving this right now and like i'm the car mom and i get all of that but the car mom can and should be able to exist without me because it's a place where we can have like car reviews for moms and families mm-hmm. so it's like I, I just always like look at their model and I'm just they are just powerhouses in this space and I just want to be them. So or I we, want to model the car mom after after them. Yes. Like long term. Like yeah, you know, right now sure. we're in like our like well and they've been they've been around for uh since nineteen forty nine. Well that's when they're I don't know if that's how long they've been out, but that's when they're Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how long. Anyway, um, we have Ed Lowe on the podcast today, and it's a very fun interview. He's awesome. And we're talking about their of the year program, which is um, they do it every single year and they announce a truck of the year, a car of the year, an SUV of the year and a performance vehicle of the year. And so he tells us a little bit about how that um, grading process works, that rating process, what they do. I mean, guys like they it was detailed. It's detailed and they aren't just like, you know, getting random people and saying, giving them each a car to just like drive for a day. Like it is a production. It is. It's very interesting. So I'm very excited for you all to hear about the process and hear what the SUV of the year was. Yeah, no, and he shares some drama that happened with. I'm not even going to spoil it, but the, like it's like he was like yeah that was drama like it was good yeah for sure i know the best part about having a podcast elizabeth is the fact that like i basically just gotta like have a networking meeting with edlo 
yeah. like you know i was like hey you want to come on my podcast yeah but really like i just wanted to talk to him <laughs> but like that's <laughs> but we just mass but like he probably podcast. was like yeah he just like i can't take like 40 minutes out of my day to just like talk to some girl but it's like oh well you know do you want to come on my podcast and it's like oh okay sure so now you guys all gonna listen that's to Kelly's how networking meeting <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was but that's a good point no it is a good point it's a good way to like get i think we could go like i just think there's people we could get in front of that we couldn't get in front of without the carbo podcast well yeah i agree i agree i was just saying like it's like it's just a perk of a podcast it is a perk of a podcast it's like nap time it. that's why like i can like have an advice segment with nap time kitchen and you're going to be going on um the motor trend podcast i mean they did mention that and i will be following up because i don't want them to forget yeah <laughs> like, i don't know i will be following up yeah Okay, perfect. Today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Story time. I was subscribed to a certain clothing rental subscription and decided I wanted to cancel. I went through the long process, hit the cancel prompt, followed by the yes, I'm sure prompt, and I thought I was good to go. Fast forward two months later, when I check my Rocket Money app and find out I've still been paying $100 a month for the subscription I'm not using. I was furious, but thankful Rocket Money is tracking all my subscriptions and caught it. I was then able to fully deactivate that subscription. Thank goodness. Are you feeling lost in the abyss of subscriptions? With Rocket Money, you can quickly identify all those sneaky subscriptions that keep charging you month after month and cancel any you no longer use. It's such an easy way to start saving money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. With over 5 million users and counting, Rocket Money has helped save its customers an average of $720 a year and $1 billion in total savings so far. Stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash carpool. That's rocketmoney.com slash carpool. Rocketmoney.com slash carpool. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So um, without further ado, let's get into our interview with Ed Lowe. Okay, guys. So now it's time for industry news where we spill the hot tea going on in the auto industry. And today we're spilling some super hot tea with a special guest. We have Ed Lowe, who is the head of editorial for Freaking Motor Trend. This is huge. Hi, Hi Ed. Ed. <laughs> Hi. Freaking Motor Trend. I think that's the first time I've been introduced as Freaking Motor Trend. I love it. So, I... Huge fan. Stop. Honored to be here. Stop. Don't get me nervous. <laughs> I am... Such a Motor Trend fan. Um, so I like started the car mom almost four years ago. And I'm actually I actually like wasn't really a car person before I kind of started this. I was like a mom and a car salesman who now has become a car person. So I have been relying on Motor Trend for years. And not that you like need me to tell you guys this, but thank you for being so refreshing and having an actual take on these vehicles. I mean, there is so much content out there that I'm sorry, they're just they're just regurgitating the press kit with an interesting camera angle and motor yeah. trends like not scared to have a take and i just love a take mm-hmm. it's refreshing uh, we try that's very that's very flattering um i it's wild to think uh you only started four years ago because i was clued into you guys about two years ago and uh everyone's like you guys gotta watch uh 
the car mom because she's she's on the rise. And of course, oh wow, hopefully I share with you. I like I like climbed into your DMs. I'm like, hey, we'd love to work. And I ghosted them. Was I never even and, saw oh it. Oh my gosh. And here we are. So this is great. Like, is, I'm excited. To it with was you. so embarrassing. So I had reached out because I wanted to talk to somebody about the SUV of the year. And that's why we wanted to bring Ed on. And Ed's like, yeah. oh yeah, hey, huge fan. Here's my Instagram handle. And like I went to our DMs and he DM'd me and I didn't even respond. Oh my gosh, I didn't so see it. It's the most embarrassing thing ever. No, 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 but you've been taking off. So I get it. Like you're busy. You probably got a bunch of people to do it. So all good. <sighs> well, we're so thrilled to have you on because what motor trend does which again because they're not scared to have a take to have an opinion to like put Mm -hmm. something out there they do this it's called like the of the year program and we do an suv a car a truck and you're just started a performance car performance vehicle of the year we've we've actually been doing that one for a uh, a long time under a different name we used to call it originally was best handling car then it went to best driver's car and then car of the year of the year programs these are like our signature move so we're like hey you know what let's just change it to uh sports car of the year or something like that so we pick performance vehicle of the mm. year so we can include both cars and high performance suvs because that's a much bigger piece of the pie but, i gotcha um, yeah we, we've been doing car of the year since 1949 which is wild uh, which means we turn we turn seventy five next year. Wow, for 75, 75 years, and it's it's kind of mind blowing. What was the car of the year in nineteen forty nine? Do you know? Yes. So back then, uh, it wasn't given to an individual uh, model. It was given to a brand. Oh. And the very first year, it was Cadillac because of some amazing you know new V eight overhead valve situation <laughs> and the styling for the for the all new for forty nine Cadillacs. So that was that was kind of the the, the thing back then. Interesting. Um, so when did yeah. the when did you guys break off to do car and then to also do SUV? Oh man, um, we did for a long time. Motor Trend used to do import car of the year. So first it was car, then I believe it was import car of the year, which we did for like t- almost twenty years or a little bit more than twenty years. We did truck, and. Uh, it was truck of the year because vans were really popular. So back in the seventies, like vanning was a thing. Mm-hmm. So we did like truck and van of the year. And then uh. that took a little bit of a break. And then when cars went global and imports were like, you know, Toyota makes cars in the U S or they considered an import car. Then we smashed yeah. import car back into car of the year. And then in the nineties, we launched, um, SUV of the year and really started to go, uh, push really hard on truck of the year because trucks obviously best selling vehicle in america is the f-series pickup truck ford f-series and then everything else the silverado is like number two depending on how you count it so it's really those three car truck mm-hmm. and SUV are biggest we do a performance vehicle and we actually do person of the year uh which we've been doing for a few years now so we call it the best in like automotive industry executive so elon oh. musk has been person of the year mm. and jim farley at ford so Um, where do this is just like a question for my audience so where do the minivans go or like does minivan just never get to be of the year great question uh no mini that's that's good i don't think if it wasn't it should have been the original chrysler uh minivan should have been car of the year i think it was it is in car of the year because minivans are based on car platforms they're not vans which are based on truck platforms right yeah your, yeah, your so, full-size van is based off of a usually a pickup truck and yeah. your minivan. Like Sienna is based off of a Camry. Odyssey is based off of an Accord, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so, gotcha. So so they, they compete against the cars, not against the SUVs. Exactly. 
Interesting. Okay, so I wanted to bring um, Ed on specifically to kind of narrow in and talk about the Motor Trend SUV of the year. Because mm-hmm. first of all, I have ju- I was obsessed with following along on socials. I mean, you guys owe it to yourself to go to Motor Trend's Instagram. They draw. They literally bring what twenty SUVs to a desert. I yeah, mean, it's we, high production. It is. It's a big deal. It is. Uh, it's a lot. A lot. A lot of work. Um, we've refined this process over many, many years. It's, it's probably too complicated. Uh, <laughs> I will invite you to be honest. If you want to come out, okay. uh, you guys both, please come out next year. Pack your um, pack. Your sunblock, your sun hat. It's hot. We go out and we test at a proving grounds in about two hours north of um, north and east of LA. Uh, it's been at Hyundai proving grounds uh, and Honda proving grounds. We use two professional big car company proving grounds. These are like top secret. Um, there, you know, you normally public is not allowed in. They cool. do all of the all the camera cool. vehicles. We're all testing out there. They have like a oval i think hyundai's is honda's is 10 miles like a 10 mile oval or six mile oval they got all these different rows they have a they have a handling track it's acres and acres of um testing facilities and we call up every manufacturer we say hey you got a new suv coming out like brand new all new or significantly updated for the next model year send it to us and we're gonna go drive it so we had 40 some suvs this year 40 you count yeah if you count all of the variants so this is let me just i'm just gonna ramble here please please yeah let's Um, let's start from the beginning (laughs) if you we make it incredibly complicated we don't just test like one toyota sienna we will ask for hey give us the super loaded one um, and if they, they're all all wheel drive now, but if it's like, Hey, you got a front drive, any mm-hmm. all wheel drive, give us one of each and give us a super loaded one. So we get like the base model, we get like the volume seller, and then we get the one like it has like the captain's chairs and the fancy headrests and the big moon roof. So we can see everything in the line. And that way, if your vehicle wins, we'll say it's the entire line of Toyota Sienna's, mm. not just like. The hybrid all-wheel drive version. We'll say it's the whole thing. So you guys do specify by trim for the winner, or you don't? We, in general, we try. It depends on the manufacturer. If they send us, like, like this year's winner uh, for SUV of the year is a good example. It was the Blazer EV. It wasn't. It wasn't the gas-powered Blazer. Right. And we got a couple different uh, versions, but it's really just the Blazer EV. Um, our car of the year this year was the but it was different it was a, a toyota prius and it was the whole line so it was mm. prius prius prime gotcha um it's pretty rare that we it actually happens more in truck of the year uh like we'll pick like ram trx only because that trx model was was new for this year mm-hmm. ram the full size the lineup was new last year if that makes sense again crazy so, complicated right right so but yeah. so since so Spoiler, if you don't know. So the 2024 Motor Trend SUV of the year was the Chevy Blazer EV. Yes. Is that, a do, do you guys do it by like, is, is the Blazer a 2024 model year or it could have been, or 2023 model years are also open for the 2024? Like what's the year breakdown? That really confuses me. And to give like question. a specific example, like, so is the Pilot and the Grand Highlander, like were they both in that SUV of the year too, even though they're different model years? No. Okay. So. Really, really good question. We 
we our rule states that your vehicle, your if you're a car manufacturer, you want to compete. Your vehicle needs to be on sale by Jan one of that model year. So we're testing in like late summer, early fall of 2023, but we're getting all 2024 models mm. if we can. Okay, and we we it's it, it sucks for us because it it creates a like a crazy time crunch, but we do it late in the year because that's when the manufacturers, as you guys mm -hmm. know, are kind of switching over. The model years right so the cars become available um a lot of times however a manufacturer looks at the dates and they look at their production schedule like man it's going to be really close uh we won't it happened this year for well, truck of the year well and didn't, know, they wanted they couldn't send us exactly what yeah. what they had so they have to wait for, for the next the coming year well and i would love to wasn't there some drama with the ev9 this year with the suv of the year because it Yes. Yes. <laughs> Can you see? This, this is like the gossip segment of in, of the podcast. Yeah. So if you could kind of, I mean, I read the article and you guys specifically said there was drama with the EV9. So not to put words Thank in you. your mouth, but there was drama with the Kia EV9. You know, awesome, all, all electric EV from Kia. They're killing it. God bless them. They sent us um, this vehicle, and. Uh, and then we found out after we had it, we did some testing. They're like, oh, uh, by the way, you can't drive it on public roads. And we're like, uh, that's a big problem because part of our evaluation is on public roads. So end of the day, we decided to pull it and it'll come into the competition next year. But it was it was a mess because, you know, a lot of people really like that vehicle. Yeah. Did you get a chance to drive it before they had to pull it? I did not. Mm. Uh, my team did. And they you know they loved it yeah, yeah. No, like that's, i know <laughs> i like that is so interesting because kia said they couldn't drive it on the public but they roads. will yeah. get a chance to to do it next year yes okay. it's supposed to we're gonna we're definitely gonna get it back like, so they, like if they, i if i was like a betting woman like i could like bet that maybe the kev9 would be a pretty big finalist I mean, yeah, you could say that now, but also look at everything that has been announced since mm -hmm. and might be coming out next year. Like, you know, this lucid gravity. gravity. Oh, this, my this gosh. That thing looks pretty awesome. I don't know. It's it's rough. It's, huh. tough, it's tough out there. It, no, there's there's a ton of competition. And I the SUV market or category specifically has got to be difficult because there's so many subcategories in the SUVs. You have the compact the mid-size the full size oh, yeah. have you guys ever thought about breaking it out more uh that's a great question and it does it does create a lot of heartburn when we do this and it does create a lot of confusion because there are so many categories and people always say like how did you why'd you pick that one how do you compare like you know a toyota corolla cross at low 20s to a porsche cayenne that's you know can go over you know, a hundred thousand dollars. And um, the truth is we don't, we don't compare them head to head. We can, we have criteria for our award. Mm -hmm. So we compare the vehicles against criteria that alleviates the need, I think, to break it out. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is, I mean, there are certainly people that are saying like, oh, you should, anything that's car based or only front wheel drive should be like a crossover. That should be in its own class. Anything that can tow or tow more than, 3,000 yeah. pounds. That should be its own class. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, this is, needs to be useful and easy to understand. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, stuff. you're not, it's not a, it's not a high school superlative. Like we're not getting, we don't need participation trophies. Like it, eventually you can't like have so many categories where like everyone wins something. And it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Exactly. I, like, I agree. It's, yeah. it's good to have a take. Yeah. We love that. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. So 
let's get into the the blazer ev yes because i read kind of like your guys's reasonings about like why you chose it and Again, I appreciate that you guys did have obviously some glowing things to say about it, but the car is also not quite perfect. And I think one of the biggest, like, shocking things for me is the fact that they removed the Apple CarPlay. And it was like, I think, right, it's the first Chevy to only have the Google integration. Yes. Yes. I would just like love to know your take on that because I feel like I can speak for my audience where I think several of them would not buy a car without Apple CarPlay. And that just seems like a very bold thing for GM to do. That is an. That is a good take. That is probably the most correct take from a mass market uh, approach. You know, a lot of people are scratching their heads about why GM chose to walk away from uh, CarPlay. Really, and I think Android Auto too. They, the the rationale on their side being, uh, hey, we think we can do better. We're going to provide uh, better services. Just wait and see what what's coming. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, right. You know, like Apple is like the king of the handset market and the experience with an iPhone is so, you know, seamless. And if you've ever used CarPlay, it's really the only, only it's thing incredible. Use. It's incredible, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you know, if you're, your audience really wants to know that the reason it's all business, like there's a tremendous amount of data that um, Apple is receiving by when a manufacturer allows CarPlay into the car. Like that's tracking everything. It's tracking your what all the media consumption, you're listening to the carpool podcast mm-hmm. or where you're going, your map usage, but also vehicle information, like what vehicle it's in, how fast it's going, where it's going, all this stuff. And you know, data, data is gold these days. Everybody mm-hmm. wants it. And this is GM sort of line in the sand. They're like, hey, from here on out, our partner is Google. We're going to develop our own suite. We're going to deliver a better experience. And this is part of this other thing Motor Trend has been tracking for a while, and it's it's uh, it's called software-defined vehicles. This is where, essentially, it's, a, it's not the best analogy, but your car is becoming a mobile phone on wheels. Like, there's yeah. so much your car is going to be able to do with the data and all the fun apps and your, you can buy things from your car and do your shopping and deliver, get food delivered to the trunk of your car, some weird stuff like that, stuff you can't even imagine. All that is coming and all these manufacturers, the, especially the legacy, the old school ones, they need to be set up for it because if they're not, Tesla's of the world, which by the way, Tesla doesn't use, doesn't use Apple CarPlay, mm-hmm. um, they're gonna eat your lunch. So it's it's hard to understand. And I think the best thing that I heard from another uh, arrival of GMs was like, the dumbest part about the move is that they didn't have something better than Apple CarPlay to show for it. Right. They're like, wait and see. Right. That's a burn. Well, and it's interesting like this, it kind of feels like a race. And now we have this new like Hyundai X Amazon collab when how obviously they're going to be introducing like a even deeper Alexa integration into their car. So it's like, is it going to be Google? Is it going to be Apple? Is it going to be Amazon? Like who is going to be the winner? And I, like, I hate that. <laughs> it just seems silly that like now you have to choose like basically the car and the software you want to deal with. Yeah. And it's like a yeah. whole other, th- like it's, and I'm going to be honest, like I probably wouldn't choose Google. I mean, I haven't seen it, but like I have, I use Amazon all the time and I have an iPhone. So I just don't know what like that has to offer. And I, ju- I get that just felt like a very bold move. What are you guys? What are you guys using in your in your homes? Like, do you use? Are you like? We are, a, I'm an Ale- Alexa. I, got, yeah, I have Alexa. Like, Alexa. Home kit. Mm-hmm. Like that's 
that is part of the battle, right? Because yeah. they're going to make it so easy. It's right now the the smart move is if Alexa works with everybody and if Apple works with everybody, but you can imagine a future where they're like, "Hey, you know what? It's just going to be like a little bit easier if you have Apple HomeKit in your house uh -huh. and everybody has an iPhone and you're running Apple CarPlay in your car and all that stuff is talking to each other versus jumping between totally. Amazon and Google and Apple, right? So this is the this is the battle that's going on. Yeah. So, but anyway, let's talk about. So that was one of the lows of the of the blazer. But let's talk about some of the highs. Um, yep. So I I loved that it felt like you guys took a very um what's the right word like I don't want to say the word pedestrian but like a real life look at this car like one of my favorite quotes was by one of your editors who said an EV with actual handles like how crazy mm. is that um so I would love to hear just a little bit more about I think maybe like your Reader's Digest version of why the Blazer EV won this award um right. and maybe who else they were up against right okay so we'll go we'll go back to front so um we we had uh, i'm just trying to find yeah we have 40 suvs on hand in terms of finalists we had uh a ton we had 10 finalists and they ranged from everything from we had the alfa romeo tonale slick italian job we had the bmw x1 cadillac lyric uh, that's actually, I like that one quite a bit. Uh, that was the second time we've seen it because it came this year's all-wheel drive. Mm. Uh, of course, we had the Blazer, we had the Chevrolet Trax, the Genesis GV70 electrified version, Love. the Honda Pilot, the Range Rover Sport, and the Lexus RX and the Subaru Crosstrek. So those are all the finalists. Um, so the TX and the Grand Highlander were, did not qualify? They did. They, they, were con they, were, they were contenders. They did not make the gotcha. finalist okay. cut. And the difference there is that after we do all the testing on the proving grounds, we do all these numbers, we go zero to 60, we do all of our normal computer instrumented stuff. We make a cut uh, and then we take the finalists and we go out into the real world and we spend another two days with them driving them like 30 miles each on the same route. Wow. So we go back to back to back to back on the same road. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, that's a long day. But, uh, you know, they, you know, the team thought they think they were, they were great vehicles, but we like the pilot a little bit better for that class. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I if I ever ever did do like a car mom car of the year, like those are the three that I'm like, gosh, like those like those were three really big cars for my audience to come out this year. And now that I've had time to drive and test all three of them, I don't know. It'd probably be between the TX and the pilot for me. Right. But I don't want to be held to yeah. anything. But I really liked both. I really liked the pilot. They're, 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 they're solid. solid. Both of them solid. Can't go wrong kind of vehicles. Yeah. So to just give you the, the, the quick summary on why Blazer, um, you know, again, the award has six criteria. We, we talked about we, we one is advancement in design, engineering excellence is the second one, um, efficiency, safety, value. And then the last one is called performance of intended function, which is kind of a mouthful, but it's the one that's like, hey, how well does it do its job? If its job is to be, in this case, a two-row right. uh, electric vehicle, right? Versus if we had a Cayenne, we we're like, hey, how does it does a luxury uh, SUV or a Corolla Cross is like an entry level. So the last one is like the X factor. How well does it do its job, right? So if you look at if you look at the Blazer against all the criteria, design, I think it's great looking, very handsome, yeah, like solid, reliable, yeah, get 
great looking vehicle. Um, engineering excellence, got the Ultium batteries. Mm -hmm. They're sitting low. It's a skateboard chassis. Uh, wild. This is going to be the first GM Ultium vehicle that's like affordable and available for the mass market because previously it's been like a Hummer, which is like a hundred grand, yeah. huge thousand horsepower, silly giant SUV. This thing, you can get it in front drive, you can get it in rear drive, you can get it in all wheel drive. So it's like super flexible. And then to your point, while it's an EV, they didn't make it like a spaceship. They yeah. gave you real door handles. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's more than one one screen in the car. Uh, it feel, you know a lot of people get really annoyed by Teslas because it's this one screen and it's a very stark minimalist interior. This thing going back to design, nicely des designed interior, tons of cubbies and cargo cargo space, the whole nine yards. And then uh, just checking the other boxes, right? It's an EV. It's very efficient. It's get, it gets great um, it, it's great EV mileage. And then uh, from a safety perspective, wasn't crash tested yet when we got it, but I we wanted, looked at all of the active. Yep, I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, you know it's. But probably a lot of them haven't been, because I mean, if I mean, if if it's, if it's a newer car, like that's not that's to be expected. Right, and so in those cases, then they are. It happens more than you think. We look at a couple things. So we look at active and passive safety safety systems. So all the passive stuff is like your airbags, mm -hmm. how many, where are they? You know, of course, all these cars have uh, analog brakes and all of the um, all the supplemental restraint systems. And then the active systems are all the all the weird fun stuff like the, the lane keep assist, the adaptive cruise control, um, how well they work. And then in the case of a nameplate that exists, we can also go back and look historically at the data. So like Blazer, the gas version has been out. Uh, it's been crash tested. It's done well. We we can't really assume because the battery one is so much heavier. It's fundamentally different architecture. But you know, uh, we we try to do the best we can on the safety piece. Uh, usually, it's very helpful, of course, if they're NHTSA, um, you know, certified or or uh, T, uh, NHTSA certified. Yeah. Or got IHS top top safety ratings. But um, yeah. So, Ed, Ed, when you're going through the cars and you're rating them based on the criteria and not against each other, which I really appreciate that, do you kind of have an idea of like, okay, this Blazer's looking good. I think this might be the winner. Or as you're going through them each individually, are you just like not really sure where it's going to end up? Well, that's a great question because they can all look really great on paper mm -hmm. and they can all drive really well. But at the end of the day, it does come down to a vote. So we have... See, that's drama. A, Is there tension? A, there's, there's a lot of tension. We have, <laughs> we have an odd number of judges, so we don't get end up with a tie. And at the end of that, again, that two-day real-world uh, driving evaluation, everybody's got their notes. They all sit in a room. We have a little bit of lunch. Everybody's tired. They've been out there for like five days already. It's like 110 degrees. Everyone's ticked off. And then we argue for like sometimes three, four hours, go through wow. each one. People say that speak their mind and then we put it to a vote and uh so is know. it anonymous or like you know who what who everyone voted for i, I know everybody's handwriting <laughs> that's, uh, see, some, that's, <laughs> yeah <laughs> some people put their initials down um you can also tell who argued in the room because we, we asked people to pick like first second the first second and third yeah mm -hmm. and, uh, you know it's um it, it, it we, we figure it out so. yeah that's fun I mean, that sounds like I can definitely see how there could be a little bit of um, some passion in that room. 
Oh, totally. Well, Ed, thank you so much for joining the carpool. Oh, I wanted oh, to ask you this. I've got a, yes. I've were, got... You were born in St. Louis? I was. That's where we're yeah. from. That's where we live. I've heard, yes. I was I... born in Barnes Hospital. Sure. Now I guess called Barnes Jewish. Uh -huh. <laughs> My dad was doing his residency there. He's a, he's a cardiologist, so he retired. Oh, wow. So I lived there. My brother was born. My brother, I have an older brother. He was born there. I don't want to tell you guys how old I am. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> but he, I lived there until I was two. And my mom was like, we're getting out of here. It's way too cold. Yeah. Like, you promised me you promised me palm trees. So then we moved to, uh, she told my dad, and then we moved to uh, California. That's fair. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, Ed, what kind of car do you drive? I have the best. Uh, like you, you should tell this. To, I'm sure you tell this to all of your listeners. Uh, I drive press cars. Oh, so yes. that's my that's my big flex. But it, you gotta admit, it gets you because you have kids, don't you? I have a I have a son. They He's make three. it a little more. The car seats make things a little more difficult. Oh yeah, I feel so bad turning them back in, especially when the <laughs> yeah. guys are here. Oh. Up, I'm like, oh, dude, I didn't get a vacuum. Man. Sorry about the crumbs. Oh yeah, I had um. One time I drove an F-150 Lightning for a week. And, you know, I have three kids. So, like, I, I, I can't put – I can't drive every press car like my car for the week. But I had a big truck. I was like, we're going to do it. And it was, like, a hot day. And, like, I'm also a car seat tech. So, like, my car seats are tight. And they reached out to me and they're like, you really damaged these seats in this F-150 Lightning. It's like, sorry. sorry. Really? I said, you then, them? I said, listen, that's, 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 that's the name of the game. We made I have really great review though. I had to install car seats. I loved it. Sorry. If you don't want me to install car seats, you don't have to send them. Did you go three across in the back? Oh yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. So nice. the, I was like, you know what? I get it. Like give it a couple of days. It was a hot day. Like it, they'll, they'll bounce back. They'll bounce back. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. No. So right. Currently to, to answer your question though. I've actually been going on a little bit of a tear in uh, plug-in hybrids. Mm -hmm. So about a month ago, I got into a Pacifica cool. Pacifica hybrid, the plug-in hybrid, and then I did a Corsair, and now I'm in a Mazda CX-90, and then tomorrow I'm going to get into a Sorento, and then after the holidays, I think I'm finish out in a Mitsubishi uh, Outlander P have and maybe the Dodge, maybe the little Hornet. Well, that's so. fun. I have a Nissan Leaf this week. <laughs> that's not quite as exciting. But wow, I, that's, that's amazing. Can't yeah, they still sell, sell them that one. So yeah, they said it's a 2024. It's a pre-production model. I I didn't know about that. So yeah, that's what uh -huh. I'll be. That's what I'll be up to this week. But so last question, and then we'll let you go. Have you guys ever thought about doing like more of a family car of the year? You know, I I it's a it's a great. It's a great question. We get, you know, you said that you said at the top. You appreciate that we have a take on this. Mm -hmm. I thank you for that because that's that shows how enlightened you are. We get set on fire every time we pick one of these because like, oh, listen, it's too expensive. Yeah. Or it's, no, it's I, hear, I hear that. Yeah. Or you know, how this doesn't work for my family. You know, oddly, we just picked a Toyota Prius as car of the year, and it's probably some of the most positive uh, feedback we've gotten in like five years on a winner because it's affordably priced. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, you know, it starts in the, in the mid to high twenties and it tops out at like $43,000. Um, you know, family car of the year would be a, a good, a good extension. But then to your other, to, I think, I don't know what you said, having a take is important. So if we start trying to cater to everybody, you might devalue yeah. uh, the other awards, which is why, 
some of our competitors have very recently launched electric car of the year or electric vehicle of the year, which I'll just say it, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's a it's a it's an attention grab for the moment because guys, all cars are going to be electric here in like ten years. What are you going to do then? Right. When they're mm, like, that's who cares if it's electric vehicle of the year now? Like it's that's why we call it car of the year. And sometimes we pick an electric car. Sometimes we pick a hybrid. Yeah. And it's, it's end of the day, they're all cars. That's yeah. It. No, it's very. I mean, I kind of asked selfishly because I, like I said, I would love to do it, but I don't know how to navigate that because it is like every family's different. So it's like, who am I to say which car is better for families? And I actually, I have Elizabeth and I have been in situations where we have like, um, like the Midwest Auto Media, what's what is it called? Mama Midwest Automotive Media Association. Yeah, I love yeah. them. I'm a, I'm a member, but they do a family car of the year, and I they asked us all to vote, and I literally raised my hand. I said, "What is what are we voting on?" Well, like, there was no criteria. What is the like criteria? Every and journalist here submit your vote, and it's just like, what? And it feels it sometimes it feels a little irresponsible because it's like, do you know any, like, what are we grading this on? And like, you just can't say it's the Hyundai Tucson and then families go out and think this is like the, 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 the family car that everyone should buy. So it's, right. it's definitely a balance. And I, yeah, I just kind of wanted to know. And it's a responsibility. <laughs> I wanted to know if you had an idea for me, but that's, let's, um, um, I'd be happy to let's, let's, let's take this offline and we can chat about it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And it would, be, it would be helpful if, if the only there was, a couple of ladies out there that could really speak to this in an authentic mm. and genuine. Yeah, no, way. it's a neat. Yeah, someone should really love <laughs> that niche. Well, yeah. Ed, no, thank you. That, thank yes. you. I appreciate that. And thank you for joining the Carbo Podcast. This was so interesting. I am, I, and I actually am getting a Blazer EV press card the first week of January. So we will Great. be sure to put it to the test. Yes. I think I'll be able to do three across. That's like a really big test for us. Um, Because especially in that EV market, I mean, you know, now we have the the EV9 and the gravity and like things are coming out, but there's not a lot of EVs for large families right now. So I'll be curious. I could fit. I fit three in the Mach-E, so I bet I'll be able to do it. We'll see. Yeah. Well, can you post well, it? Well, let us know. Let yeah. us know if we made the right call. And Ed, before we go, we would love um, if you could give us a ditch the drive through. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> this is my go to my wife. Uh, I'm going to make her listen to this episode. She's going to roll her eyes when she hears it because I make this like all the time. I literally made it this weekend when we went to like our little kids like toddler holiday party. It is the most awesome chicken chile verde recipe. Oh, it it's not quite as easy as throwing everything into like a crock pot. I'm an Instapot guy, but it is dead simple. I also need to give credit where credit is due. It comes from my favorite site, SeriousEats.com. So just look up, you can Google search chicken chili verde, serious eats, but it's like three pounds, boneless, skinless thighs. Okay. You need like five tomatillos and you yeah. don't, you don't have to even you wash the vegetables for sure. You don't have to cut up anything. You can cut oh. stuff in half if you want, but you put the chicken, five tomatillos, an onion, and then like four of your favorite uh, peppers. So poblano or Anaheim, whatever pepper they have. And bell pepper is really bland, so I wouldn't put a bell pepper in there. Mm. If you like it spicy, throw in a couple jalapenos. Um, cumin and salt. And then you put that thing on high, uh, high pressure 15 minutes, pull the chicken out, shred it, put a stick blender back into the sauce, blend it up. All the vegetables will be super soft. Blend it up with some cilantro. And if you got fish sauce, that's like the, the pro move. But if you don't, that's fine. Just put some more salt in there. Chuck the chicken back in. And it is the most amazing oh. uh, chili verde. So you're like making and salsa. It goes, yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's a, 
it's a it's a hot dish you can make uh, enchiladas with. You can use the stuffed enchiladas. You can serve it over rice. You can just eat it with tortillas, like all day long. It's the best. It will be gone when you take it into the. It sounds great. No, it sounds like chicken chili noodles, and it feels very fancy because it's like you didn't just use. I thought you were gonna just hit me with like a. Then you go grab your favorite jarred salsa verde sauce. Like no, you're saying you just stick a little, what a hand mixer. I know. I need to get one of those. I don't have one. That's incredible. Yes, a stick blender. Yeah. It's a little more. It's a little more complicated. No, that's okay. We can handle a step. We but can, that is, um, it is, I guarantee you, it's a home run. Is it spicy? Well, I think it depends. I think it's a DIY. It's as spicy as you, if you want to make it. So okay. if you want to put, if you put in a, a, a big jalapeno or uh, like a hatch, hatch green chilies from New Mexico, those can be uh-huh. kind of spicy, but it, it doesn't have to. Yeah, you get, a, it's like the Chevy Blazer. Like what powertrain do you want? What, right. what peppers do you want? It's versatile. Exactly. Yeah. It's Does versatile. It exactly. Huh. Okay, cool. That was fun. <laughs> we'll have to give it a try. Please do. I love it. And thank you so much. This was awesome. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks, Ed. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening to the Carpool Podcast. If you drive a Chevy Blazer. Duh. I mean, you need to head over to the reuse section. section say, oh my gosh, I have the Motor Trend Car of the Year. Um, it doesn't have to be the EV one. No, it doesn't have to be the EV one. It can be Blazer, EV Blazer, whatever whatever floats your fancy. But let us know which one it is. Show and, up, um, show out. Leave us five stars in a, in, a, in a review. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly and Liz. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed riding with us, tell everybody you know. There's room in the car for everyone.